The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to another episode of Trading Secrets. If you've ever wondered how someone's life can change after one of their videos going viral, this episode is for you. Today, we are joined by Roland Pollard, who went viral in March 2020 after posting a video to Instagram showing him practicing a cheerleading stunt with his then four-year-old daughter, Jaden. Throughout quarantine, with his family in Frisco, Texas, he was stunting with his kids, amassing wild followings. Now almost 6 million on TikTok, 700,000 on Instagram, and nearly 200,000 on YouTube. People spend their lifetime trying to bring these followings, and Roland and his daughter did it after one big video went viral. Sponsorships came next, and now he also has a podcast, which I'll be on a guest on, so you guys got to come check it out, called Pursuit of Me. He also started a company that creates custom routine music for teams called Spirit Vibe Productions. We're going to talk all about it, but when I think about Restart, and I think about when the life took a restart upside down, you're one of the first guys that come to mind, Roland, so thank you so much for joining us on another episode of Trading Secrets. Thank you for having me so much. We've tried this for, for a- forever, for ages, and we finally got on camera, on a call. We're ready for it. It's awesome. We got to talk a little bit about this moment. So March 2020, you post this video. Now, before this video, to give people context, what was like your social media like acumen? Like, were you a big social media guy? Was this part of your goal to like potentially, you know, get something viral? Tell me about it before that video goes viral. So my social media following, because you've seen my Instagram, it was at 5,000. I had 5,000 wow. followers. And most of them were just friends and family. They know that I'm crazy. They know <laughs> that I'm very individualistic, I would say. Okay. And so I've always done, I've always posted just random videos. Just like, hey, look at me holding my daughter. Or, hey, look at the girls that I coach. So, because it was good marketing. People weren't really catching on. So if you want to just go back to the, I guess, the origin of everything, I coached young athletes to get them ready for college cheer or just high level all-star cheer. And I coached for 13 years. I cheered for a while and I had a monopoly at the gym because I was fresh out of college. And then I knew I was just best shape of my life. Just like, you know, I had all my muscle. I knew all the techniques. So I just started teaching and I was the only coach who could teach those stunts. So I was like, wait a minute, I'm the only one doing it. I have a monopoly. Let's monopolize. So I started finding ways to market myself. And I did that by posting videos on Facebook. After a while, I got an Instagram, which was primarily photos from the beginning. Then they added videos. And then I started posting on there. And then that just became my, my, my video platform, just because of the responsiveness from the, the crowd, the audience. And it just turned into me ha- later on having a baby, still being consistent with posting. And of course, ever since I quit coaching and start this business, I didn't have anyone to teach. And out of nowhere, we had a daughter. And everybody was like, oh, she's going to be the best flyer in the world. You're going to coach her, teach her everything. And everyone was just so set on that. And it actually happened, which is mind-blowing to think about. I'm not going to say she's the best in the world, but the girl knows what she's doing. If you guys have, if you're listening and you haven't seen these videos, you got to go to Roland. uh, What is your tag on Instagram or on TikTok? Uh, Roland, Roland P90X on Instagram and Facebook. Roland P90X, not affiliated with them, by the way. And Roland Pollard, just my first and last name on TikTok. 
Yeah, you guys got to check this out. Her, your daughter is like absolutely remarkable. So you, so that's Thank a little you. background of what you know what your kind of business was before. So then you post this video. And it goes haywire. Did you have any expectation? And like, what was that moment like when you start to see thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands? Now you're seeing millions and millions of people check this out. So going back to, you know, whenever you said, you know, were you trying to go for You didn't say that, but was I trying to go viral? No, because I didn't know that I was capable of doing so. <laughs> I see people with millions of views. You know, I see Gabby Butler with a million followers. I'm like, she's the one that's going to go viral. She already has the, <laughs> the, the audience. Yeah. So I had no expectations and people think that I just, I didn't ask for this life. I did not ask for this lifestyle, this career path. I didn't ask for this audience looking at my every move. It just happened after sharing fun times with my daughter, yeah. family videos online. Then people just started sharing, which is very powerful, but it happened all on accident. Now, one of the interesting things are you do see a lot, especially today, because anyone, that's a cool thing about 2022, especially with TikTok, anyone can go viral. It could just be one video that changes everything. But I have seen a lot of people that go absolutely haywire viral the way you did, but then everything falls off. There's nothing to it. You were able to take that moment and capitalize and build a following of, you know, now 6 million plus on all total social medias uh, following and totally change your life and monetization. What do you attest the ability to actually have that moment and then use that moment to create not five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes of fame, but literally change your entire profession and, and makeup of the, like the monetization. What do you attest to actually keeping that growth going? One person, a good friend of mine, actually, said, if I were you, I would just enjoy your 15 minutes of fame. And that really got to me hmm. at some point because I was like, wait a minute, why are you telling me what you would do when you're not in my situation? Number one. Number two, what if this isn't 15 minutes or 15 seconds of fame? What if this is just a new path that I'm just about to go on and absolutely crush? Who knows? So I wanted to, of course, prove him wrong because then again, it was all love because we're always competitive. We grew up cheering. So we're always competitive with skills because that's how we push each other because he now has amassed over a million followers or subscribers on YouTube wow. after a while. From be so we're still really good friends, but he told me, if I were you, I'd just take it and then just go back on a regular life. <laughs> and so that was the driving factor. And I was like, there has to be a way to prove him wrong. So what did I do? I just kept posting videos, what people wanted to see. So I got away from just showing my life and just like the, my crazy life. I just went from being me to posting videos of uh, my daughter and I stunting. And, you know, they're very controversial, as you have seen, because safety is a concern. How hard our pusher is a concern. Her happiness is a concern. Our abilities is definitely a concern for people. And so that starts conversation. And then once you pull them in, you get them hooked. So <laughs> now I have people on my page. Now I'm going to throw in a little bit of my life. So, oh, look, look, since you're on my page, I know you're on my page, but now you're going to see what I want you to see for a little bit. So I started mixing in my daily life with, you know, stunt videos, the, just the outings with my daughter. And I saw what was working. I saw what wasn't working, add a, a little bit of my lifestyle into it. And then people got to learn, or learn who I am as a person. They got to know me for who I am, not just stunning with my daughter. You know, I like to have fun. I like to have a good time. I'm a thrill seeker. So reeled them in with the daughter videos and then kept them from being authentic. 
One of the biggest issues I think though with that, and people deal with it on their career from a day-to-day basis, even people like listening, whatever their jobs may be, is that a lot of the noise will actually like steer their direction, right? It'll steer where they should go in their career, the company they should work for, where they should live or how they should act. You're one of the few people that even has come on and said, not only do I want more noise, but I'm going to use more noise to actually accelerate what I want. How or what tips do you have for someone that feels pressure from mom, dad, friends, people on Instagram or social media that are trolling them? How do they get over the, the sensitivity of like, that really hurt me, that really, that really upset me to your, your thought process of like, you know what? The more they're talking, the more they're there, the more they're there, the more I'm growing. So number one, because that is a hard thing to do. And it's not like I'm sitting here two and a half, three years later, uh, just like saying, oh, I I started with that. No, it got to me. It hurt me. Like it truly hurt me. And I will lash out. Like I, I, people would legitimately hurt my feelings online by just leaving nasty comments or just, just for no reason. And half the time they were a private account with zero posts, you know, two followers and no profile picture or like picture of SpongeBob or something, you know? So I was like, you can't, why would I let that person get under my skin? Why would I let them affect my emotions? Why would I give them to, why would I grant someone else? I don't even know who doesn't have my best interest at heart, the power to, to, to just take my, my happiness and self-worth away. You know? So I just got to the point where I realized I know the truth. You don't know my lifestyle. You think that all my daughter, you think I lock my daughter in a dungeon and just pull her out to stunt. And then we stunt, I don't feed her dinner. I just throw her back in there until the next video. Like what is, what goes through your mind? And if that's your reality, that's cool. But you don't know the true reality. They don't know your true life because people don't put their entire lives on social media, but you, you, you show them what you want them to see. And then they make their, they, they make their inferences based off that. Yeah. But they, there's a whole side of you that they don't know. And if you're in tune with yourself and if you know the, the reality of things, there is no reason that you should let the outside world infiltrate your bubble. I like that. I like that. The, 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 don't let the outside world infiltrate your bubble. I think that's a good thing to, to really think about. And, and no matter who is out there and what you're doing, like do your thing, do it your way, write your own story. Roland, I want to get into like some of the the brand deals and the monetization of this. But before I do, looking back at that, especially early on when people are coming at you for things like that, did any of that noise ever get to you so much that you actually did think like, you know what, maybe they're right. Maybe I shouldn't be doing this or maybe I should, you know, X, Y, and Z. Like, did you ever pay, like give any of that noise, like an actual thought or were you just like, no, you guys don't have a clue. Okay. And did it All ever, the time, did it ever almost like that. break you to change your ways or no? Because I always think about so, that. Well, well, so the, the thing is, I knew the reality of the situation, but they had me second guess reality, I guess Got I it. should say. Yeah. So at some point I had to think like, wait, am I forcing my daughter? Like, am I really a horrible father that's just controlling? Am I Joe Jackson? <laughs> you know, it's just like, <laughs> I don't know what, I don't know. Like, I, I, I always like to hear a second opinion because I'm open-minded. I want to hear what you have to say. I will... Like I, you can, you can't hurt my feelings at this point. Back then you could have, but I got to this point by listening and rationalizing what they're saying. Sometimes it made me realize, okay, let me just not push her or, oh, I shouldn't have posted that video because she was crying and I want to have a happy place for people to come and watch videos. I don't, I'm going to keep the energy right in my comment section. So they really had me change the way I recorded videos when I would record videos, the videos I would actually upload online. 
And it, 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 it's something that I always thought I took into consideration, but I still knew the truth. And that to me, like, even right now, you can't say anything that's going to make me second guess what I'm doing. Like at this point, you cannot. I love like, it. whatsoever. That's how I literally tell my buddies that and stuff. I'm like, you have no idea how thick my skin is. It's like Great Wall of China thick. Like, you're not going to touch it. I've heard it all. <laughs> Bring it on. I know what's coming. But listen, you want to say what you want to say? Get it out there. All right. More so, engagement for you. More engagement. Exactly. So, Roland, so tell me about, so you, you go viral. You start picking up. You start getting your cadence together when you know how you're posting and what you're doing and your social media accounts are taken off. When was the first moment that you, that you monetize? this and what did that look like for you first time i monetized social media was with Haley because she messaged me on instagram some random lady and my manager is like a i always call her a snow leopard because no one knows who this lady is or where she is or where she lives or she'll be in a different country every single weekend or different state and no one knows about this lady but she's a real person but then again, if you're messaging me and you don't have any followers and like you have a private account or something, like I'm going to be skeptical. But I answered her message about, hey, have you ever considered getting a manager for brand deals? I didn't know what that was. You know, at the time I was like, what is a brand deal? She was like, oh, you could make uh, up, like you could be making a thousand dollars a post. I was like, wait a minute, a thousand dollars for doing our, like for already doing, continue what I'm already doing. Yeah. And I, t- for me, that was unreal because. For me, I work for money and like I charge my own prices, but I'm not going to say, hey, $1,000 an hour for me to work on your music, you know? Yeah. So I, it was unheard of for me, but we got one deal. After saying yes to her, three months later, she came back, $1,500 deal for a vitamin company, for a multivitamin. And for me, I was like, I made it. I'm quitting my job, shutting <laughs> my business down. I'm retiring. I'm doing this. <laughs> how many <laughs> like, follow- this is my path. At that time that she gave you the $1,500 offer, how many followers did you have at that time? 100,000, maybe. You know, after my following just skyrocketed. And after I hit about 1,000, that's when we got the deal with the company. And I realized now, sorry, at 100,000, we should have charged them more, but that was their offer. Plus, I only got a certain percentage of that. So it was. It really was. I would never in my life do that deal today. Let's just say that. Yeah, of course. I mean, with the following that you've amassed, I would assume not. But that actually brings a good question, I think, to the table. And one that like anyone could really take away. But specifically to your scenario, when you're moving and you're growing the way you're growing, how are you finding what your value is worth? Like, so you know at 100,000 followers, you're getting offered 1,500 bucks. But all of a sudden... On TikTok, you now got five million, and on Instagram, you now got five hundred thousand, then six hundred thousand, then seven hundred thousand. How are you figuring out, or what strategies are you using to figure out what you should be getting paid versus what you're getting offered? So, th- what I've learned, first of all, through just general business, because I've owned a business for what eight years now, and the number one thing has always been never, don't be the first one to mention prices. And what I've realized is, if you don't mention, people will. They'll think that, oh, you have 6 million followers. They think your price is really high. So they give you a high price. And really, you would have done it for 10,000 less for that, or than that amount. And, you know, but they're willing to give you that. But you can even counter offer and say a little bit more than that. And now that is my bare minimum. So that, so I found, we just did multiple, we've done countless campaigns. And I've just, we've just seen that there's a certain number that is fairly consistent. And to do, a campaign for less than that will be a waste of your time because there's not a, a limited amount of high dollar campaigns. 
And, you know, you, there's a quote that I always say, you deserve what you tolerate and what you tolerate will increase. So if you're tolerating those low dollar deals, that's what you're going to be known for. Mm-hmm. If you keep accepting them, people are going to talk around in the industry. They're going to know what your bottom dollar is technically. Mm-hmm. And they're going to stick with that because they heard through the grapevine that this is what you did. Or it could be an agency that you've already worked with. And they're like, oh, why are you charging us this much when you did it for this much last time? So you just got to find out what your bottom dollar is through trial and error, through research, through what people are offering you. That is, I, I love the advice too uh, about the negotiating. Everyone says, name your price first. No, 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 no. Listen, you have no idea. Just listen to what their budget is or what they have to offer. Your employer, you know, you're interviewing for a new job. What that job can bring to the table before you just start throwing numbers out there. You and I are completely aligned with that. And I completely agree with you that once you bring your rate down, it doesn't matter what worlds you guys are operating, those are listening. The, the community is small and people talk. And so, yes, in our world, the agents talk. The, the PR companies talk. They'll know what people will do for what. That happens in your world, too. You're an accountant. You're, you know, you're a bank or whatever position you're in. The, the worlds are small. The circles talk. And if you expect, accept less and negotiate for less, you're going to overall get paid less. You're decreasing your value by the minute. We talked about one of the worst deals that you were offered, you know, the thousand bucks for, for a nutritional vitamin. Can you think of like a marquee deal that you look back on your either YouTube or TikTok or Instagram that you say, you know what, that is is life-changing or like that was a game changer that I'm proud of. You want to hear, and I know that you, we can talk numbers here, right? Yeah, that's, well, that's the goal here. So We're trying to, to destigmatize. One time, one time, trust me, I've heard the, you know, whenever y'all have your chat afterwards. Yeah, the recaps. <laughs> I've heard them like, <laughs> the recaps. <laughs> it's like, like, she should, like, whatever you say. Yeah, I'm going to give you the amounts, but I got paid $7,500 to play flip cup with my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yes, like literally 15 second video, $7,500. And they sent the products of yogurt out to our house. I'm like, are you kidding me? But that wasn't like the most grandiose deal. That was just one of the coolest. Like you just paid me $7,500 to play a drinking game with yogurt <laughs> with my four-year-old daughter in for life. Like you have me hooked. <laughs> so that, that was the most outrageous, but now we're realizing like we had a company send us a car and pay us on top of that. And that led to another car deal. And then, but we're finally getting up to the point where we're getting high dollar deals and we're realizing the actual potential of that. And that has just come through getting better at deliverables and keeping a clean image on social media. Because like you said, a while back on one of your first episodes, you know, if you have a rated PG platform, mm-hmm. you have a higher possibility of monetizing. You can charge a little bit more. You know, you will have a, a bigger pool of agencies and clients to work with. Yep, exactly. And so that that was one of our first podcasts we did. And the whole deal with that is, yeah, the more like G and PG rated you are, the higher dollar amount you're going to get because those brands have less risk in working with you, right? And they know that their brand mission and their investors and everything behind them, especially if they're publicly traded, will, will really, really yeah. be in good, good shape. One of the things I got to ask you, Roland, that you've already talked about and you've, you, you, if people listening have already heard a little bit about is this music. They're hearing you talk about music. Now, I know that you are developing soundtracks and, and you've used it for, uh, I think, I think Netflix Cheer, you've had your soundtracks in, in the music yep, you developed. Tell season. people a little bit about that 
that side of the business and, and how the whole social media following has helped you like increase your overall revenue and exposure in that company? So what's crazy is we haven't increased the revenue. Interesting. Which is mind blowing because I don't leverage my personal channel for my music business because I want to be able to build a separate business on my own without okay. exploiting my platform. So I never really, I rarely intertwine the two. They never really intermingle. But, but then again, this is how I can pull on larger clients. So although it hasn't increased the revenue by much, I have, I have a lot better clients. I'm working with my dream teams. Like you said, I did Navarro's music last year. It was a dream, but we were all interconnected on social media. Monica had a large following. I had a large following. She's a reason, a large reason of my following or for the growth in my follower count. And, you know, Monica has helped us out a lot. We've kept in touch. Then we teamed up and we, she gave me Navarro's music for a year. And that was the highlight of my entire career because they're such a well-known team. So I will say that although it has not increased the revenue, the caliber of teams I'm able to work with because they know that I can just make one post on social media, then bam, millions of people know who that team is. That's, <laughs> you can charge a premium for that. I will say I have not exploited it because I'm a man who believes in fairness and I'm not about to just try to take all your money from you just because I can. But at some point, <laughs> you got you to gotta increase the prices a little bit. Just let them know, hey, my... my Bottom dollar has increased. That, that's a little, uh, that's a little bit of a flex right there. Like, hey, just so you know, if you want me to take this this clip, my music's in, millions of people will see it, just in case. <laughs> like, like, that is a seller. That is a <laughs> yeah. seller. Roland, tell, open the industry, because the whole idea of the podcast, too, is we, we hear people's stories, we hear the dollars and cents, but we also hear more about industries. So for someone, like you said, it hasn't really impacted your revenue. As a guy that does not know shit, I don't know anything when it relates to like music. If you make a track or you make, uh, you know, you're making the music for something, like a movie or something like that, what is like what do you charge for that? Like how do you make money off that? How's that business work? So there's a lot that goes into it because this full on movie scoring. Like I have okay. a screen, a 55 inch. Let's say Navarro will send me their routine music or Cheer Athletics Wildcast will send me their routine music. I will or sorry, a video of the routine. I'll throw it on the big screen. Then I have my computer here where I will pull up the software, map out the routines. Everything is fully custom from scratch, from the bottom up. I create a what I would call masterpieces yeah. in a sense, just because I know what went into it. I'm not just taking songs off the radio, grabbing a cover song, just splicing them together. And I'll bring in artists as well to, so I work with probably six vocalists a week during season cool. and I bring them in they record on this mic. I have my mic here at my desk. They'll be in there in the vocal area and we'll just create this music, different kinds of genres. And so you see, there's a lot more moving parts because we still got to mix it. We got to arrange it. We got to level everything out process the vocals we got to mix and master so because we're doing everything from scratch we're able to charge what 3500 to 4500 dollars per track and you know back in the day we were doing like i literally can i be vulnerable with you real yeah quick? i want to hear it so this right here i don't want to get too far off but this will mean a lot to you yeah i already know so this is my schedule from two years ago Wow, And I never erased it because I never want to be at this point again. I never in my life want to do this much work again. I was doing one, two, three, four, five, five teams a day, three teams a day, two teams a day, one team a day, 
back to six teams a day, wow. four teams a day. Like it was not, it was brutal. And I can't do that. And yes, I was making the most money I had ever made in my entire life. But at the same time, was it worth it? Was I happy? No, absolutely not. So yeah, you can, hold up real quick. Yeah. As an entrepreneur, you can charge whatever you want to charge. But at some point you'll realize that it's not all about the money. Like the money is not the motivator for cheer music because that is my passion. Music is my passion. And I don't want to let money get in the way of me and my passion. Uh, we just had a DJ on and the DJ was talking about DJ, yeah. uh, Pauly D made 15 million just DJing. I think about these tracks. I've what? been to Caitlin's, uh, Caitlin's niece. She's a cheerleader and would go to these competitions and I'd yeah, be like, all right, here we go. Get the popcorn, see what this is about. And those mixes, like you said, I mean, it's like, boom, boom, boom. Like, I'm like, I feel like I'm like dancing. Mm, I'm feeling mm, the mm. vibe, yeah, the energy. <laughs> could you ever take this skill set? And could we get an RPX 90 DJ? Is that a possibility? No. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely so not. You're not but headlining out, in Jason. Vegas anytime soon? Jason, listen <laughs> to me. First of all, if... If, if someone let me DJ for a night, I would have the whole club live. I would have it out there jumping, but I know I would want to be turning up with them. And that's a <laughs> lifestyle that I, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, a family man now. I can't be out there. there I've got go. their shirt off. Just, yeah. Yeah. So no, but I will maybe make music one day in my studio, put it out for people to listen to, but DJ, DJ row. No. There you go. That's yeah. not going to work. Maybe it's another skill set you could pass down to Jaden. Maybe not. But I want to ask you about that being a father and working with a daughter like that. So like you guys are like when you're doing these deals and stuff like you're working together. And so how is like a parent and a coach and almost like a boss slash colleague? How do you guys, how is that relationship managed? And what advice would you have for anyone out there that's parenting in the time of 2022 with everything, with social media and everything else? It's tough because I wear so many hats with my children, primarily Jaden. And, you know, one day, like all in all, at the end of the day, I'm her friend. You're, I'm that guy she can come to and tell whatever to. She can tell me that she punch a kid at school, which obviously she wouldn't do. Like she's raised better than that. But if she told me that, I'd be like, dang, for real, why'd you do that? You know, like <laughs> she's literally my best friend ever. But at the same time, she knows that I'm her father. She knows that I have the final say in things. She knows that I love her, but she knows that I will, I don't want to say punish because it's hard. Like, but I will punish. I don't whoop her or anything, but it's yeah. just like, you gotta be careful on yeah, literally yeah. accountability, mainly with our stunts because I'm like, Hey, Jaden, and I will say it live on camera and I will post the video. Jaden, if you do this, you're going to fall, hit your head on the ground, get a concussion, you will die. You know, like I, that's how I talk to my daughter because she has to understand what we do is dangerous. And I'm not doing it to scare her. And she knows that no matter what, if she does her job, daddy's going to get her. She's fine. But like, there are so many hats that I wear with her and it's hard to, to, to manage all those hats. If you don't have that time at the end of the day where she knows that you're that one person she can still come to. That's why I hug her every single night tonight. That's why I give her a kiss on the forehead every single night. Every morning she runs and wakes me up, daddy, runs and just hugs me on the bed. And just, But that's the stuff I don't post on social media. So people don't see that side. They don't see that we just have this amazing relationship outside the social media facade. Yeah. But we, we the way I balance that out and what I would tell anyone else, if you're a father coaching your daughter, if you're a mother just raising your kids in general, you gotta, they gotta know your intentions. They gotta know that at the end of the day, yes, you are your, their parent, but they gotta trust you. Mm -hmm. They gotta be comfortable around you. 
And with what we do, sometimes she doesn't want to film. I don't want to film half the time. So I got to make sure that she's in the mood. And if Haley brings about a deal and Jaden doesn't want to do it, I'll tell Haley, hey, she doesn't want to do it. Or if we're out in public, that's the crazy thing. People are like, oh, everywhere we go, we get recognized. It is so, it, I, w- I loved it at first. Right now, I'm like, please just let us be normal. People are like, oh, can we see a stunt, Jaden? And I'm like, Jaden, you can tell them no. Yeah. You, you have control over, like I give, Jaden knows she has the voice. Give your child a voice. Let them voice their opinion. Listen to them. Show them that it's okay to, to challenge an adult as well. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's got, that's got to be a lot. I'm sure there's so many moving parts, especially with a young kid like getting recognized like that and, and feeling like you have to kind of live up to the expectation that people have. It's something, you know, Caitlin and I deal with this too. So Caitlin is very like, if she's being bothered or whatever, she just tells them. I'm always like, trying to be the nice guy, like overdo it. And I've learned a lot from that. (laughs) But I've also thought about this too. In our circumstance, trying to be able to, to disconnect from the work and then connect personally is something that has been a work in process for us. I think about that too with, you know, like, Evan's on the line. Evan's a very good friend of mine, but also a business partner. And so times we will have to disconnect from work and be friends. And I think a lot of people deal with that when they have friends at work or they're working for a boss who's a friend or they're in business with friends. For you being so close to it with your daughter and your family, how do you manage work time and then really separating the two so it's quality time and connection time against work time? So my work time is tough because I never see my daughter people don't understand that there's our real our actual lives are not on social media you cannot find that on any social media platform because we don't put it out there because we're not just about to record all the time but like i wake up from my son he's one years old one and a half years old he jumps on the bed and dad dad then Jaden comes gives me my hug and then she goes to school then i'm working from i i don't start working until 10 a.m but i'll work until midnight but there is a window where she's about to go to bed. No matter what happens, I get out of here. I go hang out with her. I don't care if you're at practice. Your team has three weeks until competition. I don't care. Like You can try to rush me. Oh, can we get a draft? No, I'm not doing that because this is my time with my daughter, which just so happens to be at peak practice times for most of my clients, mainly on the East Coast. And that's the, you just got to create the time, non-negotiable. I'm with my daughter at this time, non-negotiable. I am going to take a bath and read or do a podcast, listen to a podcast at 1 or 2 p.m. Then I'm going to go get my daughter from school every single day. She's going to see daddy right there with his arms open across the street. She crosses the street by herself. We make sure she looks because she needs to learn how to be smart and navigate. And then she gets her big hug. And then we go back home. Then she eats and then goes to gymnastics. I never see my daughter. I see her right once I wake up and for 20 minutes after school. And after that, it's just a matter of, if I go grab her from gymnastics, which fortunately I can do right now because I'm in control of my time, I'll go get her from gymnastics. We'll jam out. Sometimes I'll let her sit in the front seat while we go take the back roads. She likes to go fast. I'll hit the car <laughs> in the back, you know, like, so we, we have fun. We'll go get a milkshake at uh, Chick-fil-A, you know, like th- we, that is my time with my daughter. I see her three times a day, sometimes only two, twice. You got to be consistent because my dad wasn't consistent in my life, which is something that kind of scarred me, but it showed me the importance of being consistent. Yeah. There's so much depth to that. And there's so much discipline that's required with that. 
And that could be, again, as deep as spending time with your daughter and maybe learning from history that you've endured or something as like light is when you say yeah. you're going to do something in the office or you say you're going to do a project, it gets done. There's no conversation. There are no distractions. It gets done. And that's what I think about with you. Like when you and I talked, it was interesting because we talked and you had, you had these goals and aspirations. And one of the goals and aspirations, and I could tell just through our conversation over from like, he's, he's got like a lot of people talk it, but I was like, he's got the capability. He's going to do it. And you wanted to get this podcast out. And so we talked a little bit about titles. We talked a little bit about cadence and strategy and things you could do. And then like two weeks later, it was out. I was like, <laughs> who does who executes that quickly? That was wild. So for you, it does seem like when you see a vision, especially professionally, it's gonna happen. And so I think about where you're at and how far you've come in literally two years. What is next? Like what type of what type of goal do you have? Is there something coming up or is there another vision you have that you're like, it's gonna happen? You know. I really don't right now. Right now we're building a home. Mm -hmm. I'm moving. We're moving the family out to our most ideal city, the most perfect, absolute perfect location. We spec the house exactly like we want it so I can run multiple businesses out of it. So my biggest focus right now is just getting the home to where we'll have more space and we'll even have more areas to shoot for campaigns. And I just see the social media side of things growing. But as far as goals, I really don't have, I'm telling you right now, Jason, I have reached in my, my buddy told me this in, I think 2011, my buddy said, I was down on myself. I was sad. I was like, Hey, I don't know. what's up." he was like, well, I've never, I was stressed out about a goal. He was like, I've never seen you not reach a goal. And that in 2011, that never left my mind. And to this day, I know that if I want to do something, I think about what my buddy Denny said in 2011. I've never seen you not like, you're going to go find a way. Basically, that's what he said. Where there's a will, there's a way. If I know it's possible, I'm going to go chase it. Just like whenever I heard your person or for the first time hearing your podcast, I was like, wait, that's possible. I was like, let me see what he's talking about. Then I went and chased it. I was like, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. Let me keep listening to his podcast. And I was like, you know what? One thing I've always wanted to do is uh, create a podcast. And Haley and I devised the plan and she was like, oh, we should drop it February. I was like, Haley, I'm gonna keep it real with you. Like, I'm so, I get tunnel vision and my brain's going a thousand miles an hour all the time. And I'm like, hey, Haley, I respect that, but I'm just trying to get it out there. I, I want to do it. So I went out, got it set up. We talked with you. Thank you for that call, by the yeah, way. Of course. Very influential. And I went out, did everything on the checklist that she had. And then we had a podcast out. It hit number two in the marketing charts. And I was just grinding. But then I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You still have work you haven't completed. And then that's when life got me. And then people are like, oh, you got to be consistent with the podcast every single Monday. I'm in full agreement with that. But although I knew it wasn't the best time to launch it, to be consistent with it, I knew that I had to plant that seed so I can come back to it later on. And then I finished all my work recently. And now that seed has turned into a tiny little plant that I can continue to nurture. And grow. I love it. At least that's a, you know, my take. Like what I'm hearing there is if you got an idea and you got tunnel vision, do it. You know what? It's not going to be perfect. It, maybe it won't be out every Monday, but if it's done, you can come back to it. You can massage, you can make it what you want. But it's so many people out there have the idea, have the thoughts, and they just don't do it. One of the guys I'm actually having dinner with tonight, his name's Ben Nempton. He's now a world-renowned speaker. And all he really talks about is how people on their deathbed 
have regrets not about what they did, but about what they didn't do. And like the percentage of people that are on their deathbed that think and regret what they didn't do is outrageously scary. And I could confidently say that Roland will not be one of those people. <laughs> it is awesome. I'm hoping not. Yeah. All right, Roland, I'm going to be tomorrow, guys. I am filming on Pursuit of Me. So stay tuned for my Instagram and, and Roland's social as to when we will have that episode out. Obviously, we have Roland here. So Roland, before I come on your podcast and before we wrap, I got to end with this. We need a trading secret. It could be money management. It could be a lesson you learned, uh, something you did wrong. It's a long story short. It's a financial type of uh, piece of advice or career advice that you can't get in a textbook, can't Google, or can't learn in a classroom, can only learn from Roland. So what can you leave our listeners with? Block out all of the noise. Because if you don't, if you allow it to come into your life, it will consume you. It will change the way you are as a person. It'll have you rethinking who you are as a person. I don't, I will not seek advice from anyone who doesn't have my best interest at heart. So if you're, if you have something you want to do that you really want to release, you're so excited, you want to tell somebody about it, make sure you tell the right person. Make sure you give the right person that information because if you give the wrong person that information, they could talk you out of something that could have been great. Mm-hmm. I like that. I mean, there's such so much to take away from that. Just do it. Ignore the noise. And it's. I think it's something we hear a lot, but it's something that people are like, yeah, I know, I know. But they still, they let it. They let their partner shape them. They let their parents, their, their grandparents. Everyone's got a comment and they have to live their life the way everyone else sees it as opposed to the way that they see it. It's really cool what you've done, Roland, the way you guys have grown over two years, the way you still stay true to the, the, the day job that you had before while still capitalizing on everything else and the relationship with your daughter is awesome. So congratulations on everything. If there's anyone that is listening to you that has yet to come across your content or what you guys are doing, where can they find everything? You can find me on Instagram at Roland P90X, R-O-L-A-N-D P90X. No, I've never done P90X. My last name <laughs> starts with Pollard. And I was born in 1990 and I put the X in there to confuse people. But you can find me there on Instagram and on Facebook. On TikTok, it is at Roland Pollard, R-O-L-A-N-D-P-O-L-L-A-R-D. On YouTube, you can find me at Roland Pollard or our family YouTube if you want to see more into our lives. Because all I trickle in a little information on the Pollard family YouTube. I love it. Guys, go check them out. It is unbelievably entertaining and you will definitely question your athleticism after watching Roland <laughs> and his kids, but you'll have a good time while doing it. So Roland, thank you so much for coming on this episode of Trading Secrets. We really appreciate having you on. Thank you so much, Jason. Awesome. Ding, ding, ding. We are closing in the bell to the Roland P90X episode. I loved how many times you mentioned that, but I got the curious Canadian with me. As per usual, we are going to recap. David, you listen to the pod. I know you're a fan of Roland. Give me your thoughts. What are you thinking, brother? Yeah, I'm a fan of him. When you said we were having him on, I actually didn't, the name didn't recognize, but as soon as you said what he does, I was like, oh, the guy with the daughter and the girl and the cheer. He's got a really interesting uh, Instagram, which we'll get to, but I can't skip past Roland P90X. I mean, here's my take I knew take you on wouldn't it. like that. The, the guy had to explain <laughs> that he's actually not affiliated with P90X or he hasn't done P90X before three times on one podcast, which means that's 11 minutes of his life. He has explained that to us. He's probably going to have to explain that to every 
buddy that he brings it up to because he's probably like, why the hell is it P90X? Um, so I just thought that was a fascinating brand move. What's your take on that? Step one, Roland. I love you, man. If you're listening to this, I think you got to change. You got to change the name from the night. Like there's no correlation to the P90X. I don't think it's a business you own. You're, you're, you're accident, not accidentally, but subconsciously, I guess you're plugging another business and you got to explain it. David, I agree with you. I love his social. Unless, I love the content, but change the username. <laughs> yeah, unless P90X is feeding him uh, brand cash deals. Let's, cash. And the guy's Jack, Huge. so maybe he should do P90X. He used to be a bodybuilder, by the way. Yeah, He the is guy's... yoked, man. Like one day, so, that's the goal. <laughs> I, I got to ask you too, what was... You guys seem to have a previous relationship. I didn't know that you really knew him. Um, how'd you how'd you meet him, and how'd you guys get to know each other? Yeah, this was oh man, it was a while ago. He DM'd me, and he's just like, "Hey man, love your podcast. You referenced a few things. Love what you're doing. Uh, I'm looking up to you. You know, I have a couple questions. I'm like, why don't we jump on a phone call? So we jump on a phone call, and he starts telling me, "Is like, I heard that you had said with your following, you can make four to six hundred thousand. Uh, or the agent thought you can make four to six hundred thousand a year. You said more. He's like, I think I could do that, and I'm not doing that. Tell me what you're doing." So uh, Joe Galley is a Joe Galley is a episode, episode two. which by the way off the cuff okay. happy one year we made it yes. one year let's go David yeah so we did For this people- is one year we did on the podcast one year what do you think this is episode fifty two which means the first season is done and it's crazy you know our producer Evan uh, sent a nice heartfelt text <laughs> in our group chat mm-hmm. about you know we we talk about small wins and smelling the roses and. It flies by. I mean, 52 episodes, and and when people ask about what guests we've had on, and I keep going on the list, I'm like, holy shit, we've kind of been doing this. Yeah, it's crazy to see how far it comes. This is off the cuff, guys. We didn't plan this either. Like, I totally forgot about it. Uh, but it's been, you know, a full year, 52 episodes. We have about 3.3 thousand ratings. So thank you guys for all that. Please keep giving us ratings and feedbacks. I can't tell you how important that is. Five stars and any feedback. The second thing is we've monetized very successfully in the six figures. We'll do a recap to talk about that. And we are going to be uh, having even bigger goals for the next year. We did renew our contract with Dear Media. We'll talk about that. And I think what we'll do, David, is next week we have Ed Milet coming up. That episode's fucking nuts. I mean, guys, you guys are going to need a textbook and you are going to or pay a piece of paper and a pen because you will have 8 trillion takeaways from that interview. It's nuts. But after that, David, I think what we'll do is a full recap of our first year. What do you think? I love it. And, and just to echo what Jason was saying, if you want to shred some cows for the summer, just play the Ed Milet episode on like a elliptical or a stationary bike and just trying to keep up to his voice and his wisdom is going to be a full out sweat for you. So it's unbelievable. Okay. So anyway, happy one year. We'll do a one year recap. We'll talk the renew of a contract, the signings, the highs, the lows, the best downloaded podcast, the worst downloaded podcast. We'll give it all to you, baby. But right now, let's get back to rolling. What else you got? Yeah, I got, uh, I got to say, is he the first fan that you that we've had on the podcast. Well, Deer, like, do you remember Deer Dick was a fan? He said he had listened to the show, but I yeah, think he's like the first like I think he's the first fan that is like saying like truly listens and and refers to different podcasts. Like we've had some friends on and people I'm acquainted with that said they'll listen to stuff, but I think he's truly a fan of the podcast, which is great. Well, you know he's a fan because he actually referenced the recap. And when he was talking about the $7,500 flip cup deal with his daughter, he was like, I know I got to say the numbers or I'm going to get shredded in the recap for not (laughs) saying it. So uh, I think my main question for you, um, I thought it was a really good episode. I kind of love how he's accepted with being like polarizing in terms of like 
realizing that his social media content is controversial. I just want your take as, you know, two people who will hopefully be future fathers to, to daughters or sons in the next few years. What's your take on just exposing his daughter to the world uh, on the platform? And then also just being, being a hard parent, like, like succeeding through failures and things like that. I'm just really curious. Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to give him a lot of credit because I think of anyone I've talked to, he steps in to the noise better than anybody we've had on. Not only does he know what happens, but he's like, sure, you guys want to comment? You guys keep talking. Use my page as a forum to have your discussions and controversies. Yeah. Fine. And you could tell that in the early stages it shaped him, but now he doesn't give a shit. And he runs his business, he runs his show, and he does it his way, and it's worked out really well for him. So I want to give Roland a lot of credit that, because a lot of people, myself included, will say, ignore the noise, ignore the noise. And the noise impacts us. The noise has us thinking. The noise behind the scenes might impact the way we talk, the way we draft our next content, etc. So kudos to him for that. One thing I'll say is I think as a parent, and most parents that are listening to this, in general, you're pretty risk averse, right? You always want safety and security and protection for your kids. And so I think his style is less risk averse, right? Like I want to train my daughter, like you missed this flip, you're going to get hurt. Like, but we're going to go for it. Like you're going to do this. And I give him credit because that's a parenting style that doesn't really exist often, especially in today's world. But it sounds like he is not only so dedicated in caring about his kid, it sounds like it's working as motivation, inspiration for her to continue to do things she never thought she would do. And I have watched some of his content where they try a different move and she'll say like, I don't think I'm going to get it there. And she's like, you're going to get it. And boom, she gets it. And like, you could see the, the glow of confidence on her face. And there's something to be said for that. As a hockey coach, I wish that all 20 players on my roster were raised in an environment like that. And it's not to say that they would be harder or tougher, but their sense of belief of accomplishment would be so much greater. And dealing with adversity and taking on challenges, I, I just think at that age, it's 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 hard because it's different. And I think, you know, in the generation that we're in, I, I, I do think that you don't get rewarded for trying things out of your comfort zone. I think people kind of lower the bar in terms of expectations on what we're capable of. Just seeing how empowered she will be in the realm that she's in, I can only imagine what she's going to take into her adolescent life and her adult life, just being that kind of empowered. And the beauty of sport is he'll be able to use the lessons that how she could do this trick at five is why she'll be able to start this business at 13. So um, I'm just really curious, you know, to see, to see how she and what her, what her path is and how different it is from the traditional path that maybe, you know, the whole high school college, uh, will take somebody. Yeah. I mean, she has huge momentum at her back to do amazing things yeah. with the social following that he has and she has. The only thing I would say, and it sounds like he does really well is really checking in, right? Like, do you, like when he's like, when she says like, we're not filming, we're not filming like her rules, yeah. like making sure she's fully aware of what she's doing, that she's on the same page. And I think a really cool thing that I, I wish we could have got into, and I'm sure he's doing, but like finding ways to clip off portions of the monetization and like her fund, which I, I mean, the guys are all over it. I, and he is, seems like the most like caring, sincere reels dude in the world, making sure she's getting some of that benefit. So like she is and yeah huge things for both of them ahead honestly i would i I'd buy stock were... i would buy stock in both of them that's for sure oh yes <laughs> i thought you were going down that road in the interview too where you're gonna say like because you are dad slash coach slash manager like how do you separate or allocate to set her up for the future i mean she's 
I think five or six years old. She got 300,000 followers. Um, the cheer scene in general, I mean, Gabby Butler, 2.1 million, million followers. She's like the queen of cheerleading. Um, obviously, the cheer show on Netflix, uh, Monica, yeah. who is on uh, Dancing with the Stars with Caitlin, almost has a million followers. The whole industry is huge as it is, and now it's on a global platform. So he was really, really good, and I'm just – he. they will be a, a, a follow that I will follow for the next few years just to see what happens. And then I've sent the clips to my team being like, look at this girl and how she responds <laughs> to adversity. You guys better toughen up. I love it. Motivating not only the entire world but David's team, Roland. Uh, I love what you guys are doing. It's unbelievable. And one of the biggest takeaways for anyone listening out there – he just put his content out, just put his story out. Two years later, his life has changed drastically. And the trajectory for those two is next level. He will forever have changed, in my opinion, his life and his daughter's life from putting some of their stories out there. It's an unbelievable story. Go follow Roland P90X, but I'm hoping he changes that name after this podcast. David, anything before we wrap? No, I'm good. I will. I can't help a point out he did give some great business negotiating advice to never start out by saying the price first i love that conversation you guys had on that that was a nice business financial takeaway on that the curious canadian that's a huge takeaway i love that you brought it up roland thank you for coming on and all the greatest success to you and your family thank you guys for tuning into another episode of trading secrets one hopefully you can't afford to miss and let me tell you what buckle up put it on your calendar next week ed milet's coming I'm telling you right now, one of the most life-changing podcasts we've had. I'm not going to say the most, but definitely a top three life-changing podcast. Put it on the list. Get ready for it. And thank you for tuning in to another episode of Trading Secrets. Bringing that money, money.